Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Queerience. I'm your host, Sarah Brown, she, her. This week, I'm joined by Sunny from Queer Fashion, They, Them, He, Him, which is a community platform that is raising LGBTQIA voices in fashion. Queer was founded in 2011 by queer fashion activist Sunny Oram and now is co-owned by Sunny and their partner Rupee, who is queer's fashion director. Queer has grown to include a team of creatives spanning in the United States as well as contributors from around the world. They believe that fashion is integral to health and survival as queer people. And as certain queer identities become normalized within white and cis spaces, they aim to keep the community united in the fight for liberation by coming together on a single platform. And if that's not something we can all get behind, I don't know what is. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode with Queer Fashion. Thanks so much for listening. And here we go. Well, welcome to the Queerians. Thank you so, so much for taking time out of your day. I know it's like a crazy time and we're all just like, you know, trying to get by. So thank you. Um, So how did, you're uh, in charge of queer fashion. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did that get started? Yeah, well, uh, I started it, but uh, my partner Rupi is, and I are now Mm co-owners. So um, I started it in 2011 and it's a pretty cool story. Um, I think there were a number of factors that led to my starting it. Um, That a, a lot of it had to do with seeing queer people dress in ways that I think made them feel uncomfortable, but that mm-hmm. they felt they had to do in order to express their queerness. Mm-hmm. So it was seeing a lot of that. And then also coming into my own style, um, I was really, I had really wanted to wear clothes from the boys department my whole life. And I was just told that I couldn't um, either indirectly or directly. Mm-hmm. So, um, one day when I was 22, I was walking in the Boston, um, subway and at downtown crossing station, there was this, it was like all dark. And then there was this door, um, that had, that led to Macy's, um, just kind of randomly, like you wouldn't expect it to be there. Um, but it was just this, this door underground that led to the Macy's basement and, um, the, the department it went into was the boys department and no one was in there. So I just like followed this magical door and went into this department and just started, um, like, you know, I was really, I was really nervous because I was like, I guess I look back and I'm like, I could have easily passed as a teenager, but like I was, (laughs) I thought of myself as an adult and I was like, I'm an adult and I'm in these, like this kid's department and there are these like changing rooms for kids. And like, I shouldn't be going in there. Like I just felt weird about it. Um, And also like the changing rooms came up to like my neck, (laughs) like it didn't cover my whole one, but there was no one in there. So I just went in there and tried stuff on and it just like, 
completely changed my life. I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm meant to be wearing. This looks so good. I People always told me it wouldn't look good, but it looks really good on me. And I just mm-hmm. want to share that with the world and um, create a space for other people to explore their fashion too. So that's how it started. That's amazing. I feel, I want to go to the secret Macy's door. That sounds like... That sounds like a movie, frankly. Uh, it really was. Like, <laughs> it, it, if, if a movie were to be made, I think it would be <laughs> really cool. <laughs> hey, you never know. There could, hey, any movie producers listening and you want to make yeah. a movie based on Sunny's life. Keep, I I'll mean. just keep inserting imagery into the interview <laughs> and see if anything inspires you. <laughs> Amazing. Great. I love it. I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of fashion companies a lot of big companies like gap or you know j crew or even target anything like that you go in and it's like men's clothes women like boys and girls and it's like the someone posted a picture of like the boy shirts that were so for that they labeled as for boys had like future scientists or astronaut and then like the little girl shirts was like I'm a princess like yes queen and like things like that and do you think that's sort of damaging to kids when they're growing (laughs) up you know to see like oh well what's between my legs depends on yes I think it's very damaging and Luckily, people are becoming more aware of this and are starting mm-hmm. to make more unisex clothes yeah. for kids, which I think is great because I don't think kids really, uh, they're they are all kind of a similar shape. So I don't think they really need to be um, separated oh, yeah. by gender. But yeah, I think that's absolutely damaging. I mean, um, it leads to kids thinking that they have to be a certain thing or be a certain way. Um, and you know, that this is the kind of thing that like stops girls from thinking they'll be able to excel in math and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just messages like that. So yeah, I think it's really damaging and not just to queer people, but to everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. and I think, you know, that's, what's so great about queer fashion is that you're showcasing folks who are just breaking down those barriers and are just saying you know fashion is a statement that I'm making that's not based on what gender or what sex or anything it's just based on how you feel and how you want to express yourself you know it's an art form we all have our own personal style and like that's what I like about you know especially when you're looking on the Instagram page like everyone's style is so unique you know yeah well that's that's what I love about it um I think queer style is just incredible like I'm Mm -hmm. just so inspired by our community and the the creative ways they come up with to express themselves and um and yeah I just it's so inspiring and I just love it oh yeah for sure and I think you know until the day where there's just like a clothes section instead of like a men's and a women's section, you know, the work that y'all do it. I mean, it will always be important, but it's so important now for people to see that, you know, and people. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, a lot of people think like a lot of queer people still think like, okay, I'm a trans guy. So that means I have to shop exclusively in the men's department but that's not true at all like mm-hmm. I mean Harry Styles wears women's clothes all the time and looks fantastic in it so <laughs> like 
Uh, So I think it's, it's helping people really think beyond those boundaries and be like, Hey, like I'm a femme woman, but I could really enjoy like wearing a big shirt from the men's department or whatever it is. Like I think people are being more, more open to that. Well, I mean, you know, like David Bowie, Andre 3000, Prince, I mean, they all broke all the gender stereotypes before yes. we were both even born, like or right. Andre 3000 did it while we were still alive. I will say that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there has been a long history of performers um, playing with these gendered boundaries. And, um, but yeah, it takes a while for that to be considered okay among the general public. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause it's so embedded in our society. Yeah. It's so deep within us that it's like, uh, what's the word? We're so trained, we're so conditioned yes. to do that. And even like, grow, like especially, uh, you know, when people are revealing the gender, quote unquote, of their baby when they're not causing forest fires, you know, everyone's yes. like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, do you want pink or blue or this? And it's like, you know, that's, I think, uh, the idea that fashion needs to be a certain way and the idea that, uh, you know, fashion, uh, certain pieces of clothing, like a dress or a skirt makes you more feminine or less. Like those are the types of things. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love a good suit. I love a good, like, you know what I mean? But I also love a really good dress. So it's like, and why can't you wear both? Like, people are oh, so yeah. weird about that you know like mm-hmm. you have to pick one. Oh yeah I mean and we're seeing it especially like Billy Porter Dan yes. Levy like they're all you know breaking that down um yeah so in your opinion what makes like a great outfit to you? Ooh, that's a great question um I think something that you feel comfortable in that also um expresses whatever you want to express about yourself mm-hmm. um, I think everybody uh, everybody whether they realize it or not when they get dressed in the morning they're thinking of some they have some image of themselves that they want to project whether it's I want to be seen as professional at work or um, or I want to be seen as like um I don't know, really cool or, or like on top of trends, or I want to be seen as unique and like, I have my own style. Um, yeah. There are like so many ways that people want to feel when they get dressed. And I think queer people think about it more because we've been forced to think about it because the things that we might naturally gravitate towards wearing, um, we would formerly have gotten teased for, mm-hmm. um, or even, or even beat up for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think outfits that make that like physically make you feel comfortable as well as that express whatever you want to put out in the world. Uh, I think that's what makes a great outfit. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I agree. Like, uh, and going back to, you know, a, people being worried about getting like made fun of or like bullied, like that's a deep rooted thing and people yeah. don't understand everything like links to, us wanting to be safe and express ourselves in a safe environment and in a safe world where we won't be judged and we won't be ridiculed or whatever for what we're wearing and uh 
you know, there's companies who are sort of trying like uh, Fluid, mm-hmm. which opened here in New York. While it isn't always as accessible as I would like it to be, uh, personally. Um, uh, what do you What do you mean about accessible, like pricing wise? Yeah, just pricing wise and like uh, location wise. Just like some of the. Um, like the store might be hard to get to, or like, you know, it might be more expensive. And like, for me personally, like I shop a lot at like thrift stores. Like yeah. that's where I find that like, I'll find like my personal style more. Yeah. And I think like the number one worry that we all have really is like once something becomes cool, it like becomes gentrified or it gets more expensive. And that yeah. I sort of see happening with like gender neutral clothing stores that like you know they might be the hot new thing and then it's all like either exploited workers or it's really expensive and like obviously none of us are perfect like we're all probably wearing clothes that were made by people who were exploited and that's like a whole nother like ethical fashion is like a whole nother conversation and like such a deep dive into a world and how it like affects the environment and everything like that but yeah um, yeah I mean I what I would love to see a world where it's we have uh access to it like Target would make gender neutral clothes or something like that you know what I mean where yeah it's not just like one store yeah that is in the Lower East Side which is like a fine neighborhood like I'm glad they're doing it and I don't want to like knock them too much or make it seem I'm just like so against them or whatever Mm -hmm. but I wish that um more companies would kind of start to follow suit that are more accessible to everyone like Walmart or something or things like that that yeah where because a lot of a lot of like little kids there you know are gonna go to Walmart with their mom while she's shopping and they're yeah. if they want clothes like you know that's just my take yeah I think I see it as more of a problem with capitalism than with the individual companies because uh most of the queer companies I've spoken to um and I haven't spoken to Fluid about this um specifically but yeah but I've spoken to it enough to see that um just the cost of production is really high oh yeah so so they're charging what they need to charge in order to keep the business going oh yeah and um so yeah i mean there are queer companies that are more expensive um but i think all of them all of the ones that are are succeeding are kind of more expensive than um a lot of people wish they were Mm -hmm. but i think it's just what what capitalism is doing that it's um making it really hard for the average person to afford clothes that were actually ethically made oh for Um, sure for sure so yeah I I agree it's a huge problem but I think that um the majority of these queer companies are are doing a great job of um putting things out there and uh even though a lot of people can't afford them I think it's kind of good for the rest of the world to see like you said like what if fluid um had a you know connected with target and target mm-hmm. started um maybe like a a branch that was more affordable and target was able to do that because they could mass produce it and get the price down and then like everybody would win so like oh yeah i, I really hope that happens with um with some of my more favorite brands um, oh really yeah for sure actually but yeah 
Oh, yeah. And I totally agree, especially right now. I mean, capitalism is the big reason. I mean, we want to say this or that, but like, especially when you have a brick and mortar store that you have to pay rent for. I mean, it's not exactly cheap to... to do that and um that's why there's a lot of like instagram stores a lot of online stores that we're seeing pop up now because like brick and mortar is too expensive and there's a pandemic everyone's social distance and wear a mask um yeah i also love that these brands are creating imagery like um fluid's instagram is just gorgeous like oh yeah people wearing the makeup it's just beautiful and it's like Mm -hmm. we and they're in employing queer people um, that's in, so important in getting this Im- imagery and like helping uh, models get work and photographers mm-hmm. get work and so um so yeah I love that like I think yeah these companies are creating these amazing images that um like that's kind of what queer is all about like mm-hmm. making sure these images are accessible so I feel like they're putting these amazing this amazing thing out into the world mm-hmm. and um and yeah, I just hope that uh, more mainstream stores will catch on to this and and work with these companies to make it more affordable so everyone can access it. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. like going to what you said about like employing queer people, like when yeah. if they want to reach out to us, if they want to reach out to the community, like employ us, hire us, like who is your staff? Like who's investing in your company like is it all white people are there people of color like is everyone cis like yeah you know what I mean like what are you bringing to the table and like that's so important if like fluid is hiring queer people like that's really important Um, people of color yeah yeah because we all know target is not gonna do that once that happens I mean maybe I don't know yeah I don't know much about the employment process at Target. It would be great if they did. I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, for sure, for but sure. But yeah, Wild Fang, on the other hand, um, <laughs> like, they just, they just employ, I'm pretty sure, like, they started out as all, all white team. Oh my goodness. Um, and, and I feel like they're very much trying to take advantage of this trend and um, mm-hmm. and like make money off of it rather than actually helping the community. I have beef with them. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, mean, I'm not surprised. Can, can I divulge? <laughs> uh, you're welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, around the time. Oh man. Hmm. Yes. So when Kobe Bryant passed away, they posted a thing that said, about the rape charges that he had faced 10 plus years ago and they greet they uh posted a tweet that evan rachel wood wrote and people were like hey today is not the day like there are so many other white men who are still alive and have not been convicted of rape and like you're targeting a black person and then on oh man it was like the anniversary of the civil rights act i want to say and they posted this picture of a woman uh during the civil rights era 
of a woman coming in contact with a military officer and giving him this look of like a side eye almost while he was pointing like a gun at her basically oh yeah i remember that photo yeah and their feet specifically but yeah yeah and then they people kept dog dogging that not dogging them but like coming after them being like why would you post this photo like you instead of posting of like you had to post a photo obviously like the civil rights era and a lot of black history is rooted in a lot of violence and trauma but like you know a lot of people were saying like you couldn't just post a photo of like somebody who wasn't like having a gun pointed at them and that's the only imagery you want to display for black history month and then like the next photo they posted was like of a white woman like posing really pretty and like so it i mean like wild thing and if you're listening we need you to do better Um, yes we need you to step up your game because those things are not okay um and just like i don't know if we're talking about accessibility like their i mean obviously production costs and stuff like that but yeah. you know they're very expensive too. Um, I have a feeling their prices could be ten or twenty dollars less at least, and they would still make a profit. Oh yeah, for sure, um, for yeah. sure. I think it oh, seems yeah. pretty clear. Um, I haven't looked at their Instagram re- recently, but from that description, it sounds pretty clear that they're still um, mostly, if not entirely, white run. And, oh, for um, sure, they're white run. Yeah, yeah, and are yeah. trying to make these. Um, they they know that people care about these political. Uh, movements mm-hmm. and they want to capitalize on that it, it just doesn't feel genuine mm-hmm. to me at all performative wokeness yes exactly yeah that's what it is um, and like they had a lot of they, they started out being all skinny models mm-hmm. and then like uh several years later way after um body positivity was a big thing mm-hmm. they started having like slightly larger models <laughs> and i was like really <laughs> Yeah, they then they started having size six models or yeah, size yeah, ten, yeah. and we're like, look. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm glad to see the improvement, but it just felt so fake to me. <laughs> yeah, because it was, because yeah. it was. Well, but again, that's what I love about queer fashion is the yeah. diversity of bodies uh, that's yes. also displayed. Because so often, you know, we're seeing um, unrealistic expectations of yeah. body sizes and also um like uh this this whitewashing of the concept of androgyny mm-hmm. um it's like it, there's this assumption that if you're androgynous you have to be skinny otherwise you can't look androgynous and it's this like white skinny it's not it, like it's not there's no room for like curviness or anything mm-hmm. so it's super damaging um, to people of all shapes and sizes who really want to look androgynous, like so many people have written into queer being like, I am a curvy person. Uh, how could I ever look androgynous? Um, and it's just so sad. Oh yeah. That whole people, uh, fashion companies like to define what yeah. you should be and how yeah. certain things work. And it's especially, you know, like, queer fashion and other queer run companies and nonprofits to sort of and up to us as a community as a whole to sort of take back you know those terms and redefine them in our own way you know yes. I mean, you can be androgynous and you know 
your dressing however like it all depends on like how you feel and I think that you know it is so often we're seeing like white skinny bodies as this is androgynous we're so rarely seeing fat bodies as androgynous and like that's and you know yeah but I'm really proud to say that now uh when you google androgynous style Mm-hmm. You will see um, fat people because yes. I ran an article um, several years ago about plus size androgyny Ooh. and uh, used all of these like androgynous style search terms. And the article like basically went viral. Like everyone loved it, of course, because there's so little representation of it. Yeah. And now Google recognizes those photos as um being under androgynous style and it's like those photos come up and when before it was all skinny white people basically oh, wow amazing so, yeah, yeah it's really cool like it's 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 such an honor to to be able to do this work and actually make an impact like that oh of course well representation matters it matters it matters i can't say that enough yeah it matters yeah. when you're not seeing yourself represented it makes you feel invisible And like, that's not a feeling that any of us want. And it's little things like a Google search that are helping. That's a bit, and especially like in an age of misinformation, in an age where like everything's so accessible and instant, it's important that we have those like little things that can turn into something like a bigger representation. Yeah, so that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's and- like, because you, when you think about it, like a queer person who wants to start dressing more queer, they might not necessarily have all the words they need mm-hmm. to, um, to describe it. They might not know much about it, but they might know the word androgynous. Mm-hmm. And so like they, that like Googling androgynous style might be the first thing they do. And if it's all going to be skinny white people that comes up, that's super damaging. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And also defining what queer style is and like what, and maybe one day just calling it like somebody's style. Like this is like a queer person dressing, however. And I hope that you know, even people outside the queer community can dress however they want and express themselves however yes, they want without too. this like layer of like, oh my God, are people going to think this? Are people going to think that? No. And if they do, who cares? Yeah. Like everyone is welcome on queer. Like if queer yeah. speaks to you, you are welcome. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be LGBTQIA. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my hope too. I hope that everyone can dress in ways that just make them feel good about themselves. Uh, I think the world would be a much more beautiful and exciting and safer place that way. Amazing. Everyone dress how you feel, no matter what. You are amazing and beautiful. And I love you. Yes. Um, (laughs) Amazing. Okay. So one last question. What's one uh, piece of fashion or accessory that you can't live without? Well, I think that's easy to answer right now is my <laughs> hats because I haven't gotten my hair cut since COVID. Oh, um, really? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll show you the, the listeners can't see, but 
I have started, I left the, um, the payas in. Ooh, the, so, we, uh, love I'm we love a payas. So, <laughs> uh, are yes. you Jewish too? Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, oh. I thought you might be. Yes. Um, awesome. Yeah. So I decided to grow those, but it's just a, a whole mess. Um, but I really like these hats. They make me feel safe. I feel like they make me pass as male more in situations when I feel like I need to do that. Um, mm-hmm. just going out and about and doing errands and not wanting to be misgendered. Like I just mm-hmm. throw on a, a, a cap and it helps so much. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, I love my hats. <laughs> we love a hat. Oh, they're great. Yeah. What's your favorite accessory? Do, do we have time to? Oh uh, yeah. My yeah. favorite accessory would probably be my bracelets. Um, oh, this nice. is Opalite. It's from Black Queer Magic. You can find them on Instagram. I know about them, and that's a beautiful bracelet, and that's so awesome. They're great. And then (laughs) this gold one, which my mom gave me. My mom is amazing, um, and I love her. So everyone, you can follow Queer Fashion on Instagram. They also have a website. Yes, Um, queerfashion.com, Q-W-E-A-R. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Sunny, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you have an amazing day. Uh, Yeah, and thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, and I hope you have a great day, too. This was a great discussion. All right, everyone. Well, that's the episode for today. I hope you enjoyed Sunny and I's conversation about fashion within the LGBTQIA plus community. If you took anything away from today's episode, I hope you do your best to support queer-owned businesses that are putting diversity above all and promoting all bodies and all skin colors as they should. So please, you know, be smart about your dollars and support queer-owned businesses. Thank you so much for listening, and you can follow me on Instagram at The Queerians Podcast, and you can listen wherever you podcast. Leave a review or email me at thequerianspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. And remember, it's our lives. It's an experience. It's the Querians.